Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. one person thankful for his provision in their life. Well, yeah, I'm excited this morning that God does so many great things for us, and we want you to know your love this morning. Welcome to fall break. I know it's spring break, but it feels like fall, doesn't it? I mean, somebody got something messed up. This is, man, this is ridiculous, like snow, and I don't know, it's just craziness. I hope you've been staying warm this week and that you've had a good week. For those of you that get it, a good week off. How many of you do not get a spring break off? Raise your hand. All right, let's just hate on the people that get spring break off for a moment. Lazy, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, Julie said they earned it, so so we'll let them have their week. That's right. We earned a week off, and we didn't get one. What's up with that? Well, well, welcome to Palm Sunday, and uh, it's a great season to uh, know Jesus, but it's also a great season to make Jesus known. Amen. And I just encourage you over the course of this week to make sure that you invite some folks to celebrate Easter. It's one of the great times of the year, one of the premier times of the year that people that don't know Jesus get to know him. So I encourage you to take advantage of that this morning. Well, um, well, I wasn't even going to talk about this, but let me do this. We, uh, we did a work day here yesterday, so as Julie says, to lift up hands. Some guys could only lift up their hands this far because we're old and out of shape. So uh, just want to explain why the poor guy in the front can't do that it's he's not weird he's just sore uh but we're seeing some progress out there and it's a great week uh you need to make sure you're here wednesday night at six for those of you that can we're going to stuff some easter eggs together and uh, we got a bunch of them and uh, we're going to have a great easter egg hunt with our apartment friends this coming saturday uh, I, I, i've learned something I, you know there are moments in your life where you kind of take stock and you evaluate life and you, and you think about what is life all about, it's, and as much as I love basketball, I've discovered it's not really about basketball, and I hate that, but uh, uh, it, it is about March Madness. No, it's not. Uh, it, 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 when you really boil life down to what it's really all about, when I, when I take stock and I survey and I examine, I have discovered that the bottom line is, is that life boils down to doors. You are basically on a daily basis, day to day, you are dealing with doors, doors in your life, doors of, of uh, trying to gain entry into parts of life that you don't have entry into now. It's, uh, uh, we, we, we're looking at doors of opportunities, doors of breakthrough, doors of victory, doors of new territory, doors of change, doors of advancement, doors in every way. Even when something goes bad in your life, when things aren't exactly like you want them to be, what you discover is that really what you're dealing with is a door. Because when something goes wrong, you have a door, an opportunity to respond correctly to what's going on in your life. It's all about doors. We're just moving through doors that are supposed to prepare us and to make us better and cause us to grow and become more mature. Doors. Doors. It's just about doors. And and yet it seems like to me that as I think about life being about doors, the truth is, is that many of us struggle to gain access to everything that God has for us. It seems to me that most of us seem to be stuck on the wrong side of the door. We're faced with doors, but we can't seem to get the doors open, and we don't know how to deal with doors. Doors, doors, we run into doors, and we can't, we're locked out. 
I started thinking about that and I reflected on this passage of Scripture that I'm going to read to you this morning, Jesus dealt with doors. If, if you go back and read what happens in Matthew that I'm going to read to you in here in just a few moments, Jesus has this encounter with his disciples, and in this encounter, in this dialogue, he addresses the concept of doors. And I think that perhaps our greatest challenge as we move forward through life is learning to recognize the type of doors that we're dealing with. Uh, let, let's see what Jesus said about doors. In Matthew chapter 16, uh, in Matthew chapter 16, beginning in verse 13, there's this encounter. It's a rich encounter. There's a lot in here. I don't have time to preach it all. I'm just going to talk to you about doors and keys, but, but, um, but maybe chase a rabbit or two for a second. When Jesus arrived in the villages of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples. It's almost like Jesus is having a, a self-image issue. <laughs> I'm not sure. What, what are people saying about who the Son of Man is? And they replied, some think he is John the baptizer, some say Elijah, some say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. And he pressed them. That's an this, isn't my, this is for free. This is off, off, I'm chasing a rabbit right here. He pressed them. Maybe I ought to preach about that because Jesus has this ability to press us. He gets all up in our mess. He won't let us become content. He won't let us become stagnant. He presses us. Some of you feel uncomfortable right now because you're being pressed. Jesus is working over. In fact, I just want to say this to you. When you come to church on Sunday morning, you ought to pick the church you're involved in, not because they make you feel good. You ought to go somewhere where Jesus is like, pressing on you where he's jacking with you man oh i don't like it. that makes me uncomfortable i'm uneasy jesus presses you that's uh, yeah but he's supposed to be all nice and comforting yeah but he also presses the mess out of you anybody experienced the pressing of jesus before don't like it much but i've experienced it he does that he presses he presses his own disciples and he says well what about you how about you i've heard what you said everybody else said i am and who I am. But what about you? Interesting. He says, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter. Always the one that would speak up and speak his mind. One of those opinionated people that I like so much. He's, Peter said, you're the Christ. You're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. And Jesus came back. God bless you, Simon. Son of Jonah. You didn't get that answer out of the books or from teachers. My Father in heaven, God himself, let you in on this secret of who I really am. That's, that's, then he says this. I think this is interesting. He said, and so now I'm going to tell you who you are. How many of this is for free too? How many of you know that nobody can really help you discover who you are until you come to a revelation of who God is? It doesn't matter what counselor you go to. doesn't matter what self-help seminar you go to. doesn't matter what book that's supposed to help you discover who you are in 12 easy steps. The reality is, is that nobody can really tell you who you are until you have a revelation of who Jesus is. Peter never knew who he really was until Jesus said, hey, you had a revelation of who I am, so now I can help you discover who you are. Some of you are still struggling with who you were born to be and who you were de designed to be because you haven't come to revelation of who he is. If you could ever get a glimpse of who Jesus is, at that moment, lights go on and doors are opened and you recognize, oh, I'm getting all excited, didn't even mean to. You, you discover who you are. That's what happens. 
He says, I'm going to tell you who you are, who you really are. You are Peter, a rock. This is the rock on which I will put together my church, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. And that's not all. P.S. By the way, here it is. You will have complete and free access to God's kingdom. Keys to open any and every door. Interesting word there in the Greek. In ever, that word every in the Greek, it means every. Profound, I know. Come on. Touch your neighbor and say every, every, every door. Any and every door. Every door. Come on, tell your other neighbor. Every door. Yeah, keys to open any and every door. No more barriers. I love that. No more barriers between heaven and earth. Earth and heaven. A yes on earth is yes in heaven. And a no on earth is no in heaven. Interesting conversation. Jesus almost seems to be having a self-image issue. Tell me who they say they are. That's not what's going on. He presses his own disciples. He forces his own disciples to come to grips with who he was. You've been following me long enough. You've seen all the miracles. I know you call me Lord, but now it is time for you to have this revelation. Who am I really? And all of a sudden, his disciples are forced into having this revelation. You really are Jesus. You really are the Messiah. You really are the the king of kings you really are the lord of lords you really are the son of the living god and because they have that revelation they receive a promise i i bring that to your attention because any of you that have ever come to the place where you've said jesus you're my lord you're my savior you're the king of kings you're the messiah you're the chosen one you're the you're the one that saved me from at that moment when your eyes are open to that revelation at that very moment you are given the same promise I don't think you got the promise. I don't think you got it. You will have complete and free access to God's kingdom. Keys to open any and every door. No more barriers. Oh, man, that, man, if you can't shout on that, you're broke. Uh, you, you, your shouter's broke. Something. No more barriers. And, and, and so Jesus says, here it is. Every door will be open to you, but... but there's a problem. The, the, the problem is, is that how many of us are at this very moment face-to-face -face with doors that we can't seem to get to open? What's, what's wrong with it? Uh, Jesus, were you like, were you like on crack that day? What, what's wrong? You, you just speaking off the top of your head, little scam there, little lie there. Did you lie, Jesus? What's wrong with you? Something's got to be wrong, Jesus. You said every door would be open. I couldn't, and yet I can't seem to get through the bed. What's wrong? And I think what it really boils down to is that we don't understand many times that there are types of doors and there are keys. And we've got to realize how to use those keys. So, so this morning, I, I just want to briefly talk to you about three doors. I'm only going to talk about the first two just for a second. <laughs> it's a lot. Uh, I, I'm not going to talk to you about the first two doors that long because the reality is that for these two first two doors is we don't really have uh, much to do with these doors. It's not really on us. I want to spend most of my time talking about the third door, but I am going to talk about the first two doors just a little bit. Three doors, three doors. You need to write these down. As you walk through life and in your relationship with the Lord, you're going to come into contact with doors and you're going to try to gain access. And many of you are going to face the first kind of door and it's a locked door. I can't seem to get in it's locked I, I i prayed 
I, I've prophesied, I've claimed, I've spoke, I've declared it. Uh, but these are doors that are locked. The, the only thing is, is these doors are locked by God. Some of you have doors in your life that you've been banging on for, for 10 years, 10 days, 10 weeks, 10 minutes that you want to gain access to, but you just can't seem to get the door open. And the reason is, is that door in your life is a locked door, and God has literally said no. And you can kick, and you can scream, and you can try to pick the lock, and you can pry on it all you want to, but what you've got to discern is that there are some moments in your life where God will say the worst word He will ever say to you, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't like the no's. We like the yeses and amens. But we don't like the no's. But you've got to learn that if you're not careful, you will waste all of your energy and all of your time and all of your effort on trying to open up a door that God has closed. And if God has closed it, no man will ever be able to open it. And and. The problem with that is that when we face a locked door, many times what happens is we think that God is cheating us out of something. You don't understand, God. I, I needed a new spouse. Yeah, yeah. I had put up with all I could put up with. I, I, I had, I, I, it's locked and I, you don't understand, God, I, I, I know my car runs right now, but I need this new car. Did you see the wheels on that car? I need, I could start that car with my cell phone, and I can't start the, cell, the car that I have. Y'all didn't know that you could start car. Okay, all right. So it's locked. And we think God's cheating us. But something happens. Uh, somehow we come to this great understanding that the great theologian that was born and raised in Yukon, Oklahoma came to uh, by the name of Garth Brooks when he, said, when he said so profoundly thank God for unanswered prayers yeah see some of y'all got prom dates like moving right through your mind right now and you're going thank you get the Pente I get the Pentecostal dance hat on thank what happens is this. We come into contact with locked doors and God won't let us get through. And we think it was right. God, you're cheating me, cheating me. You're mean. You're, you're, you're just mean. Bad God. And then 10 years later, you look back and go, Whew, thank you, Jesus. Uh, that house I wanted so bad like the porch fell in. Uh, that woman that I wanted. I ain't even going to talk about that one. The guy that I wanted. Thank you, Jesus. See, there are some doors that you will come in contact with where God has said no. And if you don't discern that it's one of those doors, you will kick and scream and cry and pout and rant and rave and Facebook and Twitter and do all the stuff we do and never understand that God just did you the biggest favor he could have ever done by saying no. I, I'll use one of the examples. It's crazy now. I look back, I, and I won't take long on this, but I, I, I needed a car, and I went out here to one of these car dealerships right on Northwest Expressway. I don't even remember what it was called then. And they had this white S10 Chevy pickup lowered to the ground. Had pink neon stripes, graphics. You open the doors, and all the seats had the pink liner. It was the but I don't normally like pink, but it was the baddest truck I'd ever seen. And I put a, I put a deposit on it. I need. And God said no. 
I've been mad ever since. I don't have any point in that story. I'm just mad at God. <laughs> so instead, since God said, no, I got a 1968 Mustang. Thank you, Jesus. It looked like a man's car. Sometimes we just run into locked doors. Uh, th th there's a second kind of door. The second kind of door is a time-locked door. Uh, you, you come into contact with doors that are locked right now, but at the right season. You come back to the door, and the door that was locked all of a sudden swings open just for a moment, and you're able to go through if you're ready. They, you can't get the door open on your own, but at right seasons, the door comes open. It's, it's the story that I, I shared with you a couple weeks ago where the guy's at the pool, and he says, I'm waiting on the waters to be troubled. It's one of those keros moments, a divine appointment of God where you weren't you were banging your head against the locked door, and then all of a sudden, it swings open. It's about seasons. There are time-locked doors. It's that maybe, maybe there is one word worse than no. It could be Wait. Uh, just tell me, no, God, I don't like this waiting stuff. I don't like your time frame like one day is a thousand years. Give me a break. I don't like your calendar. But there are doors in our lives that are based on seasons. They only open for a short amount of time. And if you don't understand that, you've got to gain the understanding that the Old Testament talks about. There was a group of men, the sons of Issachar, and the Bible said that they, the sons of Issachar had the ability to, to discern times and seasons and some of you don't understand times and seasons so you keep running into this door thinking I'm never going to get through and then all of a sudden it swings open but because you didn't understand times and seasons you missed the opportunity it's the story of David it's like the Goliath comes out the door opens for just a brief moment and David runs out on the battlefield and said hey wait a minute I need to go train for a little while I'll be back in six months you just stand right there and keep hollering I'll be back I'm going to go practice with my sling no the door was only open for just a few moments. It was a time-sensitive door. It came open at that moment, and you've got to be ready to go through. That's why one man said this. He said, the lifetime, an opportunity of the lifetime is only good in the lifetime of the opportunity. If you wait too long, if we could just get some of you to prepare while the door is locked, then when the door opens, you would be able to go through it. But too many of you are missing divine appointments with God because when the door opens, you're not ready. Some of you are missing in. You're just missing it. So then, then what happens is when you miss that season, what happens is this. You miss the season and the door closes and then you're like, wait a minute. And then now you try to force your way in. And guess what happens if you force your way into something that was only open for a season? You make a stinking mess. You will get yourself in trouble and you will cause yourself pain that you were never supposed to endure if you'd have just been ready when the door opened. Timing is essential, but 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 now here's the one I want to here's the one I want to deal with. Make sure. Okay, locked. Okay, just want to make sure. This is the one I want to land on because here, here's what I've discovered. I, I've discovered that most of us, the most common type of door that we face is also the the one that we fail to recognize the most, and therefore we miss opportunities to access every, access everything that God has for us, all right? This is the door where when I, when I evaluate my own life and I evaluate yours, most of us miss it right here, and that is this. It's the coded 
door. C-O-D-E-D. Coded. It's a door that requires the right key or the right combination. Now, let me just back step. Remember the conversation Jesus had with his disciples? He said, look, every door is going to be open to you. Everyone, nothing will ever be able to keep you out. Free access. But Jesus understood and indicated that there are some doors we face that will be locked. Because if that was not the case, then why give me a key? Jesus said, every door will be open to you, free and total access, no more barriers. Now I will give you the keys to the kingdom. So apparently there are some doors that are locked that we're going to come face to face with that we're going to need the right code, we're going to need the right combination, we're going to need the right keys to get in. I also want you to notice that he didn't say, I now give you the right key, singular. See, what I'm convinced is, is that many of us prefer a master key. Oh, God, if you could just give me the master key. Like, like I'm just going to use the master one on everything, like prayer. That's a big one. I, I, just, I just pray about everything. I, 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 won't, I, won't, I don't need any other keys. Just give me that key. I just need the master key. Just give me prayer and faith. That will probably open every door that I'll ever face. And the reality is for us is wrong. There are some doors you can't pray your way Steve, you're on dangerous ground at Passion Church. I'm tweeting right now, boy, he's teaching us not to pray. That's not what I said. I'm just telling you that some of you are praying about some doors that prayer was not the right key to open. Okay, I just want to make sure you're with me. He said keys, plural. Because how many of you know that if you use the wrong key, it doesn't matter if it's the right door, it will still remain locked. Like some of you are going to like, like go out of your car this afternoon, get ready to go in, get in it, everything. You can't get it started, can't get it started, can't get it started. You call AAA, call your best friend, call your, your knight in shining armor, whatever, whoever you call when your car won't start. And they ask you questions like, does it have gas? Oh, yeah, I got gas on the way here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about the battery? Oh, just bought a battery last week. It's perfect. Tires? Oh, yeah, tires are great. Are you using the right key? Well, no, I decided I would use the house key today because that was the one that was available to me, and I didn't want to dig in my purse, and so I'm trying to use my house key. How many of you know your rear will stay sitting in that parking lot the rest of your life, and your car, perfect as it is, will never start because you can't open the right door with the wrong key? Houdini found this out. Y'all know the story about Houdini? 